Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely and talented wife, Miss Southern Shell. Shell, <laughs> it was your birthday this week. Did you have a happy birthday? Yeah, it was. Twenty nine years young. Twenty nine years young. I'm forty two years old. <laughs> hey, you, you you're embracing it. You're embracing those early forties. Hey, I don't have. A I blew right older. through the forties. Yeah, I'm, I'll be forty seven this year. So I don't really have a problem getting older. I've got more money. I've got more. <laughs> That's always important. <laughs> I've got. I'm a wiser. <laughs> more beautiful. Age, age like mine. <laughs> Uh, I still know how to have a good time. I'm okay getting older. Just takes long to recover from those good times. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll leave that at that. Yeah. <laughs> Hank was right. Hurt more than I used to, don't they? My shoulders been acting up. <laughs> shoulders. Been... <laughs> you start getting one of them slip wrong injuries. Man, I slept wrong last night. Who knew sleeping? It's supposed to recharge you. Who knew it could hurt you? That part sucks. That yeah. part sucks. Getting out of bed a little slower. <laughs> we um went and saw the Bulldogs beat the Memphis Tigers in baseball. We did. That was a fun time. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful night at the ballpark. It was my first ball game this year, so yeah, enjoyed it. Um, the Memphis Redbird Stadium is a beautiful stadium. It's really, really nice. Right downtown. Mm-hmm. Smell it's, the rendezvous cooking from there. <laughs> yeah, it's a really, really pretty stadium. They built it what twenty years ago. Man, ish. it's been there a while. Yeah. I remember it. It had just opened when I moved here. Maybe or was it? Yeah, was it then? Late nineties, something like that. Um, I can't. um, Mikey asked me what was there before. I I couldn't remember. I don't mm -mm. don't know. We survived uh, the threat of tornadoes. Did did it ever a tornado ever happen yesterday? Um, yeah, they had some. There was a warehouse in South Haven that the roof collapsed on. I saw that. Not far from where I grew up, right there from my parents' house. Waylon was in the, my mom texted me, said, Waylon's in his closet under the stairs. <laughs> Vaughn was out shopping. He was taking shelter somewhere in Germantown. <laughs> I think I said there were like three or four. At I had the time. door open watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that don't scare me too bad. I can sleep right there. <laughs> yeah. Was it bad in cold water? I think they said there were like three or four in the area, but I don't know yeah. if they were just, I think they must have just been radar stuff. I saw yes. some fences blown down. I mean, I would, you know, I get my news from Facebook. So <laughs> that's where, whatever people report in there, the news goes crazy and DirecTV gets knocked out. So, I mean, they let I, the kids out of school early. Oh, yeah. There any, I think any excuse they can do, it, I don't, I never remember the weather people, the schools, anything acting like they do for weather now. If there is a mention that we might have, a little weather, a possibility of a little weather situation, it's like all panic ensues. I mean, <laughs> yeah. for real. They just try to incite panic on the populace. I mean, it's true. I mean, that, that, this, it didn't storm until 4.30. Kids would have done been through with their homework by then, by the time they got home. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. We didn't close the shop. Austin said he was staying up here. He stayed put. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they said it you know, picked up. It rained hard. There was some wind, but, you know. It's where we live. It's not going to change. So we survived that. Um, this week we did spicy jalapeno ribs. Yeah, and I, man, I, I cooked on that new Traeger. <laughs> Traeger released a new cooker. Um, was yesterday. it yesterday? Wednesday. We were recording this on Thursday. So, yeah, they released it yesterday. It's the, uh, I guess you'd call it the 
Traeger Timberline XLs. What Latest and greatest top of the line offering from Traeger. So do you want to? They hadn't released the, a new one for a while, but do you want to talk about the grill first or the recipe? No, we'll talk first? about the recipe first. Okay. So getting at that, they they contacted me and said, "Hey, you got to cook on one." I was like, "Yeah, I'd love to." I mean, we don't really do reviews, but I'll do a recipe on it, using it, and show some of the features of it. Yeah. So that's kind of the way approach I took on it. And that's what they said. That they basically said, we're going to give you one of these brand new grills. That's right. If you do a video on it and release it yeah, on, on that Wednesday. Day. Yeah. And that's exactly what we did. <laughs> I mean, I'm all about I'm all about something new, shiny, and you know, free. expensive and free. <laughs> that's got all the qualities that I want. <laughs> and free being important too. Yeah. <laughs> but, but um, you know, I've been wanting to do um like a version of a spicy jalapeno rib for a while. I just hadn't done one. And it was a great time to do it. And so really I just um I took the approach of what a sweet and spicy rib. That's what it was. So Ooh. went to the store, bought a bought a rack of St. Louis cut ribs. Where'd you get those ribs? The Kroger. I didn't I didn't get anything fancy. They were just, you know, meaty, decent, straight bone ribs. What brand were they? Do you um, know? I think it was Swift. Oh, really? Wasn't, yeah, it wasn't anything fancy. It wasn't moist and. It was the only. It was the only ones they had. Kroger had St. Louis cut spare ribs, and so took the membrane off the back, squared them up a little bit, trimmed a little of the fat, but I kind of like that fat on my spare mm-hmm. ribs. I don't like competitions. You don't want judges to see fat and all that, but if you'll notice on that record ribs, it had some top fat on it. It it gets melty and fatty and delicious to me when you cook <laughs> yeah. it. It almost melts in your mouth. So. I don't bother. It don't bother me, but um, season those ribs with the uh, Heath's garlic jalapeno rub. Yep. that's a it's an awesome rub. If I you've like never it used too. it. I find myself using it more like in kitchen cooking than barbecue. Yeah, because I mean it's like an it's like a AP. Doesn't it's heavy not, garlic with yeah, a little heat and then took out jalapeno. the white pepper and added the jalapeno flavor. Yeah, and it's not overpowering jalapeno, but it's a subtle. You know, it's got plenty of heat to it. Like, don't shake it up and breathe it because it'll pepper spray yourself. (laughs) (laughs) But it's really good. It's got a nice flavor to it. And then I used uh, the barbecue rub for some, you know, barbecue flavor and color. You know, it it tastes great on its own anyway. (laughs) Can't be bad, right? So you kept that part really simple. It's just those two rubs. That's it. That's it. That's all you needed. You could use any barbecue rub, but you need the jalapeno seasoning. So I would say if you're going to buy one, buy Heath and then use your favorite rub. If you, want, if you want to be the best, use the barbecue rub. Or you could buy some jalapeno powder and mix it in with some rubs. Yeah. Can you get that? Have you looked and seen? I know we got it from Townsend one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> out. Man, you got to watch it, though. Yeah, <laughs> straight jalapeno powder flavor is hot. It's hot. I made the mistake. That's how I know I pepper sprayed myself using that, playing with that <laughs> stuff. And he did got a batch one time, and he said something. They didn't – they used a – a powder instead of a granule or something in his when he was first getting it made and it made a hot batch and he it made, yeah he was pepper it was, spraying everybody. He was pepper spraying everybody <laughs> yeah yeah it was super hot but the, but um you know when he got to his final product it's not it's 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 heat but it's subtle and it's got good flavor so that's one thing I like about the jalapeno powder is that it does taste good yeah yeah you get the heat but you get a lot of good flavor that's with right it too. that's right. And it's a little different than using just straight black pepper for heat or cayenne. Yeah. But anyway. But if you want to make them hotter, hey, add some cayenne to it or, you know, throw some some habanero in there or something. You could definitely make it hotter, crushed red, and that would have been good to add to it. But I I wouldn't go in for, like, burn you down style. I wanted it. I wanted that jalapeno flavor, and I wanted the sweetness to kind of offset it or go along with it. You get the sweet, you get the heat. Yeah. So you smoked them. 
How long did you smoke them? Smoked them. Started out on Super Smoke two twenty five. You know, really wanted to drive some smoke flavor and build that that nice smoke ring on both sides of a rib. And they went for about two and a half hours to the to the rub. Just kind of sets on the meat to where you can. I didn't spritz them or anything. I just let that rub adhere to it. No binder on the ribs. Just straight straight seasoning on the ribs. And um, at two and a half hours, that rib, I could take it with a finger and rub it, and nothing came off. And so that's what you want to see. At that point, it's time to get them tender. So I did add some heat to the wrap. I used uh, Mike's Hot Honey. That's where we started bringing in that sweet element because we were going to protect them, wrapping them up, put a few pats of butter down, bunch of Mike's Hot Honey, and then I poured some – I wanted some liquid in there, and I needed a little bit of vinegar to go with the sweetness to kind of to cut it. And I like that – You know, normally I like to use vinegar sauce on the wrap. But instead of that, I used some pickled jalapeno um, and – sweet pickled juice so i've got a product called sweet fire you could you see it called cowboy candy or um you know just pickled jalapenos would work any any of that would work to get that element so you get the flavor of the jalapeno but you get the acidity from the vinegar in there and it's got some sweetness to it too i like how you use that pickled juice for uh the vinegar element in the wrap it was yeah it was really good and i'd never done that before but i could see doing that even with dill pickle juice, I think dill pickle juice would be good in there. Give yeah. it a little different a flavor. Note. Yeah, you wouldn't know it was straight up dill, but it would go with it. It would go with that, you know, it would go with the pork. So I had a question to ask you. Do you feel like you need specific things in a wrap, in a rib wrap? Like when you make a rum punch, you know, you always say you need so many parts sweet, so many parts sour, so many parts bitter. You know, so do you feel strong. like. Yeah, so many parts <laughs> alcohol, yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like you have some type of ratio like, like that in a wrap? So I always go for at least three things, and it's the richness. That's usually the butter element. That's your fat. Kind of add some oil to it. I like to have some heat. Usually that's either from another seasoning, from like a pepper jelly or, you know, some kind of like tiger sauce or rib candy, something like that element. And then I like that vinegar element. And usually I get that from like my vinegar sauce. And so that's, or, or another barbecue sauce. Um, you know, a lot of times we'll sweeten them up. We'll add brown sugar. We'll add honey, things like that. So those elements just go in a wrap. Richness, some heat, some sweet, some liquid. And you're getting that liquid from your sauce, you know. Yeah. Or you could add juice even. Yeah. And that that kind of works too. But those are the elements that I like to see. So you, And that's more so in a competition rib. Um, or, you know, something that you're really wanting to amp up the flavor on. Like if it's just a good old eating rib, I may just wrap them with nothing yeah. or just add a little apple juice or just, butter. or don't even wrap. Yeah. It. Yeah. Or just butter. But like, you know, if you really want to take a rib up a notch, kick it up like those, uh, you know, honey jalapeno ribs are, you need to add those elements to it. So, but you could kind of plug and play. Yeah. And yeah. Definitely. You can add vinegar. or, yeah, that's right. But I like that. That all just goes together: the richness, the vinegariness, the, you know, the acidity, mm-hmm. the sweetness, and the heat. Those those four elements make a good rib. Um, Jay will use. Uh, I've seen him use bacon grease before. I've seen him use that. He, he's a country crock man too. Yeah. He has a spoon, big dabs of country <laughs> crock in there. So that you know, would and be parquet. Parquet was one that I mean, margarine is one that everybody used, and you saw that in competitions, and you get ate up on social media for using parquet because it's, you know, artificial or whatever. But Hydrogenated oil or something. Yeah, soybean oil product. Yeah. But I don't mind it. I mean, I really, I mean, heck, it's it's easy. The, the whole thing with using that parquet in there, 
Because it's in a squeezy bottle, you squeeze it out and you throw it away when it's empty. You don't have to worry about unwrapping a stick of butter, messing up a knife, cutting it. You know, your butter getting waterlogged from throwing it in a cooler. You can just throw that blue bottle in there. Works its magic. <laughs> the magic is it adds richness, and that's yeah. what that fat does that's in the product. So it could be butter, it could be bacon grease, it could be margarine. It would work. Or it could be tallow, you know, like lard. Oh, yeah. I've done that. I've used regular lard before for pork. Have you ever used Crisco? Never used Crisco. What is Crisco? I guess it's a, I don't know. It's a That's what they fake lard. Chicken in. Yeah, fake lard. Fake it's lard. shortening. Shortening. Whatever that is. I don't know if it has any animal product in it. I would imagine Crisco is a plant-based product, isn't it? I, I want to say, yeah. Grease. Yeah. Solidified vegetable oil. I wouldn't That's, want it in my rib. Yeah. I don't Not know. good for your arteries, I said. <laughs> it is butter, but. So um, after you had it wrapped, how do you know when your ribs are done with the wrap? So, and how long did you let them go? In the they wrap? wrapped about it was about two hours, I would say. The total cook time was about four and a half. Um, I did jack the temperature up when I wrapped them because I wanted them to render down. And you, so with ribs, if you start them out low and slow, you know you get the smoke effect, but they're behind internally. So when you wrap them, you can make up some of that time. Instead of you could keep the temperature the same, it's going to take longer. But you make up some time by increasing the grill temp. And on a pellet grill, it's easy. You just dial it up. So yeah. I jumped up two seventy five. It was simulating the stick burner type heat, and it got the ribs done. And I think it was about two hours, if I remember right. Hour forty five. Less than that. Yeah. Might have been hour forty five. So I always start checking them. It's about hour fifteen, hour and a half. Just I'm looking. This is where I'm looking for tenderness. So what you can tell when a rib's wrapped. First off, when you pick it up, you should be able to feel that rib trying to flex in there. You can notice, even though it's wrapped up tight, it's got some bend, some give. That's a the first sign that, oh, these ribs are close. I can feel them when I touch them. And then when I open them and let the steam out, I'm looking for disintegration on the backside of the bone. And you'll notice when I cook ribs, I always start them out meat side up to get the bark right. And then when we go in the wrap, we flip them meat side down. One, that's... Uh, to help from gravity separating the ribs. Like if you if you were to cook those ribs meat side up, bones on the bottom, the bones get heavier and they want to fall out of the rib. So when you get that disintegration, they'll be left there in the fold and you'll just pick up meat. <laughs> yeah. You don't want that. So to keep those bones intact, we flip them upside down. That also helps me to see the backside of them as soon as I open them up without having to handle them. Gives me an easy place to temp them because I can see right in between the bones if I want to check doneness. I mean, for me, a rib is done. 202, 204, right in there with the right feel. Should be soft, almost no resistance. I mean, you can just a little bit, but that thermometer when you poke it or a toothpick or a skewer or whatever you're sticking it with should just go right into the meat, super soft. And when you see that disintegration, the bones have got drawback on them where the meat's cooked off the edges and the drawbacks were a little bit more of the bones sticking out. That's a good telltale sign. And then they're super soft to the temperature, or to the feel, and then when you temp them, they're 202, 204, they're done. Now, are they finished? No, we still got to finish them. They're done cooking. I'm not trying to render them anymore. I'm not trying to increase the temp of them anymore. That's a done rib. But I still like to get them out of that liquid that they're in. I like to, you know, put a sauce on the backside, flip them over carefully because you don't want them to fall apart because they're going to be tender. Sauce the top, hit them with a little more dry rub, set them back on the rack to dry out. Because when you wrap a rib, what it does to that bark that we built on the front end is it makes it super soft again. 
You know, it's cooking all that liquid out of the rib, that fat's rendering. We've added moisture to the wrap. We had the vinegar in there, had the honey in there, the butter melting, all that's trying to wash off the seasoning that we worked hard to stick to it. So you need something else to get that look back. You've I got, have seen you do before. You just put rub on, let set it them back. Sit. Yeah, in the contest, we do do that. Yeah, and then glaze it. That's yeah. right. But we have a lot more liquid in there a lot of times in the yeah, contest yeah. rib, too. And it does, I mean, but, but, it, but, same but thing. It, does, it, it does the same way. You can do it both ways. I've seen people sauce them and rub them, too. That's fine. Yeah. And that's what I did in this instance. And I wasn't really, at that point, I didn't want to add any more salt to it. So that's why I like the barbecue rub there because it's not a super salty rub. It's balanced, so you yeah. get all that color. You get some of the sweetness in it, and you get the barbecue flavor without it being salty. If I would have added more of the garlic jalapeno, it would have made it a salty rib. Yeah. So you got to really watch. And you didn't have the color in the garlic jalapeno. You didn't have any color, either. yeah. So you got to watch, like on that, what you see called a finishing rub, is don't put anything that's going to be off flavor, too salty, too hot. That's why the barbecue rub works really works good for that. Because it gets you all your color back, yeah. all your look back, without adding, to, you know, without adding anything that's going to be too crazy, uh, too crazy, yeah, yeah or too yeah. strong, right. yeah. So the sauce, I what love made these jalapeno sauce? So the great thing about that new Traeger grill is it's got an induction burner right on the side of it. You don't have to mess with gas. Induction, if anybody knows, is you got to have a special pan, like a pan that, that's um, magnetic, kind of. You can stick a magnet to it. It'll work on an induction burner. And that's when it heats up. So if you turn that thing on and you don't have a pan on it, it's not going to burn you. It's cool to the touch. It won't I, even get hot. That's one thing I did notice. We were setting rubs on the little induction thing yeah. or setting some things there while you're building your sauce. and It, it doesn't get hot. Yeah. It so, gets the pan hot without yeah. itself getting too hot. How does that work? Induction. <laughs> Science. <laughs> Thermodynamics. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that sounded like you know. Yeah, sounded like I knew, didn't it? <laughs> but anyway, so I so as those ribs were cooking, um, in the wrap, I knew I had plenty of time, so I made together a my jalapeno sweet honey sauce. And this sauce, you gotta try it. It's worth it. Just I try think it'd that be good sauce. On chicken. It'd be good on wings, it'd be good on barbecue chicken, it'd be good on anything. We did put it on them some wings. Yeah, we did. I mean, if you noticed <laughs> in that video, I had a ton of wings on there, so we just wanted to eat wings that day. And there was so much room on that grill to cook, we said, we'll cook something else. So for that sauce, I started out sauteed some thinly sliced jalapeno, a little bit of butter. I wasn't trying to, like, caramelize the jalapeno. I just wanted to soften it up, get that rawness off of it. And I found that cooks out some of the heat because I guess it takes out some yeah. of the oil and the seeds and all that. I didn't de-seed it or anything. I just sliced it up thin. Um, it was, what, maybe two, three minutes tops, sauteing the peppers around oh, in the I butter. Oh, I thought it was a little longer than that. It didn't take long. I yeah. just kind of, you know, cooked them where they weren't vividly green yeah <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't you know you didn't want them to brown or anything they smelled really good yeah. i wonder if they would have got you like if you put your nose down in there uh, and breathe in i don't know <laughs> it was outside so you wouldn't worry about pepper spraying yourself yeah. inside uh then went, went in some brown sugar went in some more honey now at that point i didn't use the mike's hot honey because i figured that one my vinegar sauce that i add to it has some heat to it the jalapeno is going to have some heat. I didn't need the added heat. You could, if you like them spicy, go ahead and use that Mike's Hot Honey there. But Or just grab regular honey bear, squeeze him in there. And then I poured in some vinegar sauce, and I let it all come together, um, brought it to a simmer, reduced the heat down on the induction burner, and just let it sit there and go for, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes until it kind of thickened up some. We weren't trying to, like, cook it down to a syrup. I still wanted to have a sauce-like finish. Yeah, and, we and that's poured what it, it up. Did. Yeah, then I poured it up in a jar. And just let it hang out at room temp and let the 
stuff run all over the jar. It's harder than you think to pour sauce from a pan, <laughs> a frying pan. We need like one of those. Uh, I needed a, a yeah. funnel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That a, a jar, jar funnel. Pour, yeah, a jar filler. But yeah, it was that, and that this also it was a simple sauce. Was that four? Was that four things or five things? Vinegar, brown, brown sugar, sugar, honey, honey, jalapeno, jalapeno, and butter. And your butter. Yeah. So five things. Easy, simple sauce. And I put the the measurements to it in the recipe. So if you look in the comments on the video, you can see the actual recipe for it. But you can eyeball it like I did too. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of by and feel. adjust it however you want. Yeah, really. adjust it however you want. Yeah. You want it less sweet, add less honey. That's right, but it's but it's not uh it's not super super sweet. It's not mm-hmm. super hot. It's sticky. But it was a jalapeno flavored sauce for sure, and that was a man. It's it's good enough to jar. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Your, I was really like, good. you ever seen the, the honey jalapeno barbecue sauce for sale? I was like, well, we might have one here because <laughs> it was good. And the, the brushed on the back side of the ribs, on the top side, hit them with that barbecue rub, put them back on the pit 10, 15 minutes, took them off and sliced into them. Those ribs were juicy. They had that one bite. Where the, all the rib doesn't fall off the bone, it was like a contest style doneness yeah. to it. They were tender, had the smoke ring. I mean, they were really good, really good. So there was a um, debate on the community page, the Let's Get to Cooking community yeah. page this week, where someone said, "Are my ribs ever done if the ri- if the bone pulls out?" Um, not necessarily. <laughs> You've either nailed them just right. Yeah, because, I mean, a spare rib is tougher to do because they kind of have that little knuckle in. Um, a loinback rib, you can work it, and you can twist it, and you can free it up. It doesn't mean the rib's overcooked. It just means that you've kind of done a little trick and twisted it and broke it loose to where you can slide it out. and You created that channel and slide it back in. Because I've done that in comps before, and people say, "Oh, that that rib must be overcooked." But if then you you'll pick that. it back up and, and then, shake yeah, it. Yeah, it's not a fall apart rib. I mean, now if you cook it the way you pick them up, and they're all laying there, <laughs> yeah, you've nuked <laughs> the heck out of them. But if you can, you know, if you notice, so one on ribs, if I'm going to do that little trick to them, where I'm going to slide the bones out, I'm going to leave just a little bit of membrane. On the on the edge of the rib, I'm gonna uh, slice it. And I don't tell people this. I don't, you know, you don't tell them the tricks always. But you, you leave everybody. just, a, I mean, you, you say you pull the membrane off. Well, you score the membrane. You leave a strip of it on, and that'll hold them. And that way, you can put a little extra force in getting those bones out. And when you do it, you kind of do that like before, like in a contest before a judge ever comes up. We've already found the slab of ribs that we want to be that one. You know, you don't. This is like behind the curtain type stuff. I know you're not supposed so, to tell this stuff. But we've already worked them ribs loose <laughs> and we've twisted on them because you can't crank on a rib right there in front of no. somebody and show them. They're you like, man, that ain't working. It ain't. Up. Yeah, it's, it's like stage, a, it's a magic show. Yeah, <laughs> all that stuff's tricks. You don't. You know, I mean, that's just for show. That's yeah. part of the dog and pony part of yeah. it. You know. But if, if you're doing it, and it's easy to do on camera when you can cut and. Get the rib right and put it back in and all that. That's I mean that's all tricks, but really actually actually you've got to work them a little bit to get that bone out. So they're not overcooked. No, they're not overcooked. If that bone will come out, it just means you've done a little trickeration. <laughs> but I mean, don't people do cooking tricks? I don't know. I'm the only one. I know. I know. I'm not the only one. <laughs> I know you're not the only one. Not except, uh, other people. You can't tell that. them all. I mean, heck, everybody'd be beating you if you told them all. <laughs> um, but and if you're cooking in the backyard. And your bones coming out, it's probably a little. If it's laying time. there, you've done yeah, nuked it, okay. you know. If you can wiggle it and free it up and get it out, it's not necessarily. And it could be. It just, I mean, it's a texture thing. You got to know the feel. Yeah. Got to know the temperature. 
you got to know how to get that bone out and put it back the right <laughs> way. <laughs> More to it than just cooking it. But those ribs we wouldn't go get into trick today. You popped that one on me. I didn't. I didn't know you were going to spill the beans. <laughs> you know me. I'm open book. <laughs> you don't know when to stop talking sometimes. I know that. <laughs> That's why I'm good at the judging table. <laughs> Just keep telling them what they want to hear. <laughs> um. So those ribs were really good. Your jalapeno. Yeah, that's solid recipe. Solid recipe. I think everybody should try that one if you like. If you like jalapeno flavor, and you like a sweet offset heat, they're real good. Um, I liked how the like the pieces of the jalapeno were still in the sauce, and so when you glazed them on, you got you could see of, some yeah. little chunks of jalapeno, and yeah. you could bite into it and yeah. get a little bite. You could even if you could really make good. them more. You could garnish it with the little jalapeno at the end too, yeah. if you wanted to. And you could probably do it with the pickled jalapeno in the sauce. I had never tried that. That's, I mean, that's the first time I put that sauce together. I just thought about it. <laughs> thought I knew it'd be good, though. So let's talk about that Traeger, Traeger Timberline XL. The new grill. The new grill. It's a beast. It's an awesome freaking grill. Yeah. I mean, now, don't get me wrong. This Is this grill for everybody? No. <laughs> I mean, you got, you know, not what? everybody's going to buy a $4,000 grill. I understand that. So the Not everybody's wearing Yeezys. <laughs> Not everybody's got the Tacovas on, <laughs> the half a rack boots. <laughs> so the Timberline, it's fancy. I mean, it's it's a fancy new grill. It's the it's thirty five hundred, and the XL, the one that you cooked on, is so 3, the XL. 800. And the difference is, it's comparable to like the old Timberline was what the eight fifty, and then they had the thirteen hundred. Okay, so it's like they've got a Timberline new. I thought this had bigger capacity. I mean, it's over thirteen hundred square. It's like yeah. thirteen twenty nine. Oh, okay. 29 more inches but what they've done they've added that rack system and so you've got more usable rack space because it'll it'll cook i want to say 16 racks of ribs 16 chickens or eight is it 12 pork butts is what they claim you can get on it and i hadn't tried that that's a lot of pork butts. i need to try it 12 butts See on a cooker that size it, footprint. Yeah. eight that's eight a lot 10 pounders yeah i mean that's a lot. How many racks of ribs were you supposed to get on there? I could 16. see that. Mm-hmm. I could have got, got a case of ribs on that grill. Yeah. For sure. There's, I mean, with all the day long. Yeah. yeah, all day long. But I'm with you. I don't know about the pork butts. We'd have to test yeah. it. I mean, that wouldn't have been hard at all because I could have cooked four. I bet I could get more than 16 on that. More than 16 racks of ribs on it. You had a, a you said something funny the other day. If they were smart, their marketing team would have just gone ahead and said, "You this, can't afford this grill." Yeah, this grill's not for you. It's not for everybody. <laughs> it's for the serious person that don't mind dropping a dime and wants a you know wants a wants the the latest and greatest grill. Is it for everybody? Heck no. Go get you a Rectech. Go get you a Pit Boss. Whatever you want to cook on. This one's not for you. Go get you a cheaper Traeger. This one is not for you. <laughs> if mean, you live in a house, <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. Your mortgage ain't at least two or three grand a month. You probably don't need this grill. <laughs> this is for a serious outdoor backyard patio. You know what I mean? This ain't something you're going to put outside the trailer. <laughs> you don't want a grill that's going to be as much as your monthly house note. That's- I mean, for real. I mean, being honest, it's an expensive grill. I've got some other expensive grills too. That's what I compare it to. Now, I guess the question is, if you're going to spend that much on a grill, would you buy a pellet grill or would you step up and put that towards a steak Something out. or a different grill? I don't know. I'm a big fan of the pellet grills, personally. I'm, I like the ease of them. I do love the the new touchscreen on it. The, that all of awesome. that. The controller like on this one is like no other controller I've seen on a grill. 
Now, what's going to happen? Everybody's going to copy it, and then everybody's going to have this touch screen, yeah, LCD display with the dialing knob and all that was smooth. It reacted. The heat on it was good. The new convection system's awesome on it. It's got sensor. It's got four or five different sensors on the thing to prevent flare ups. You can hold it. The grease system's awesome on it. All your grease, all your ash, go down into one compartment. And the way that works, they've got, uh, and we didn't, I wouldn't get into like showing the, how this grill works. Yeah. But it's got the pellet hopper on one side, and that's where the, pe- the it's got a shorter auger, so it doesn't have as far to travel. Well, it's got a fan on there, and anything that doesn't blow, it clears out, and it's got like a little arch that blows it up, and, and the fan blows it down into that uh, bucket that goes down in the bottom. They call it the ash keg. And the whole time, the grease is channeling down into the same thing, but it's got a chute to keep it away from any heat. There's no way grease can get that's to any my, heat. That's my question. Yeah. And it's going straight into that. So, I mean, yeah. that's The only thing I saw about it is the drip tray. You need to protect it some kind of way. And they're, I don't think they're going to sell liners for it. What I did was took one of the Timberline regular 1300 liners and cut a hole in it, cut a slit to where that's my drip oh, tray, and okay. it's going back to it. But you could use it's oil. even got like a little chimney housing over it to prevent anything from getting out of it. So it's, I mean, they, they've thought about that. I think, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if somebody can make it flare up. Yeah, I don't think you can. Fire, yeah. yeah, it's got too many. It's got a foolproof flame up system on it. That's so. pretty cool. Um, the I only liked. way it might flame out is if you ran it out of pellets. You had to do one, burn, you know, one ignition cycle. You let it run out of pellets, but it still had some in the hopper, and then you turned it back on and it had to drop a bunch more. Maybe then it could get. I don't know if I still don't know if it would. The fan might kick in. I don't know. Um, talking about the hopper, it'll hold more than a bag of pellets. Which yeah, I liked a lot. Yeah, it holds twenty two pounds, yeah. and most of the average bag of pellets twenty pounds. I think. I hate filling up. And having little remnants left yeah, over. Yeah, in my like bag. You got this, you know, couple of inches left in the bottom. And you don't want to throw it away, you yeah. know, but it won't fit, so you got to hold it. Any, yeah. And I like the fact that it has a pull. Um, Clean out super easy. Yeah. I never just, use them on the other ones because it's on the back. It's a hassle. But this one's right there, and you put one of their pellet tubs under it. That, I guess the girl comes with one. Mine came with one. It's like a pellet storage thing, but it's perfect for doing dump trading out swapping yeah. out flavors or just cleaning it out you know yeah, just you need clean to clean it out, it out general, sometimes yeah. so that move the pellet sensor on it instead of being up in one of the corners where that was one of my complaints with the other one mine was always beeping at me because Low you pellet. fill in pellets and it's in the corner and when it feeds down it feeds it's like it feeds down from that corner for some reason the way the gravity pulls them down mm-hmm. and it thinks the pellet thing's low when you've got a you know, three quarters of a hopper, and it just has one little area. Well, this one's going to – should give you a little better laser read on what you actually have in there. And it won't give you a – False beeps. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't do it on me running it all day. Never – and it didn't use that many pellets. Uh, it's got the downdraft system. That was pretty cool, the way heat circulates in it and smoke. So it makes its own convection and pulls it back down the bottom. It's got the um, storage underneath, which I like that. The extra storage, the soft-closed doors, the – the clean out's easier than being instead of being on the end. It's got that one can. That reminds me of like a. Uh, I know people have seen the Weber grills. It's got the clean out right up under it. It's like you squeeze this thing and drop it down, and it comes out. The keg's similar to that. It's got a snap in feature, a button on it. It's got liners for that to make that clean out easy. You could put full in it, or if you don't put something, you just have to degrease it and wash it. That sucks. <laughs> but yeah, um, 
I thought it was pretty slick. The induction Good. burner. I love that. Some yeah. people say, I mean, I saw some people commenting that who, I mean, adding a $40 induction burner does not make, make a feature. I don't know where you can get a $40 induction burner. Amazon, I, right? They're not $40. The one I used for videos and I bought, I didn't buy like the cheapest one and I didn't buy the most expensive one. It was like 250 bucks for oh. a countertop model. That they was 250 bucks. They're not cheap. Okay. But they work. They work. There's some on really Amazon good. for 50 bucks. 70 bucks. For a straight I wonder if they work good. I don't know if the reviews good on them. I, I'm not. I'm just saying. I'm just it. saying. The one I bought was 250 bucks. So I would think they at least spent probably that on it. But it's not an expensive feature, but I like it better than gas. Yeah. I'd rather have that instead of gas. And it's better than like a hot eye, you know? Yeah. It'd be easier to clean and keep clean. I yeah. wonder when you put it outside, how much you will really use that induction. I do wonder. Um, you know, because we're talking real cooking. I know you use it a lot with your videos and stuff. You'll use induction, but I mean, I make you real. I, I warm up sauces and I do stuff like that all the time on it, so I can see keeping doing that right there, and being able to being able to simmer something, do it right there. Now, pellet grill. I know what they were thinking. People want to, you know, cook steaks on a pellet grill where they're not the best grill to do steaks on. But if you've got your iron skillet over there and an iron skillet works with an induction burner, you can take that steak right from your reverse sear or whatever piece of meat you're doing, put it in that iron skillet outside. A lot of times if you're searing stuff, you don't want to do that indoors. Yeah, Because you got that skillet hot and it's going to smoke up, set your kitchen smoke alarm off. So... It makes a big deal to be able to do that outside, keep that smoke outside. I, I mean, I think I'll use it. No. I figured you would use the indoor burner more than more, an induction. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. I use I use my induction burner outside all the time. I, I mean, I think it works great. So. Yeah, when we're filming videos. Even for frying. You could put your, cat, your Dutch oven on you it. You could use it for frying. And instead of splattering grease all over your stove or your counter inside, you can do it right there at the grill. Splatter it on your $4,000 grill. Splatter it on your $4,000 <laughs> grill. So I Google. What I, would, so okay. would I run out and buy one? I probably. I mean, I probably wouldn't run out and buy one right now. I'd let, them, I'd let people cook on them a while and see how they do, but. Yeah. I mean, if you like, if you if you're the kind of person that likes higher end fancy things, that's the grill for you. So I googled high end pellet grills just to see what else would come up, and I was shocked by what the price tag. Yeah, hey, I got one sitting right on my patio right now that I cook on that Memphis grill. What do you think that thing cost? Six grand. Easy. It might be seven now. So the first thing that popped up was a three thousand dollar rectech. I didn't know they had one that expensive. I didn't either. That's what my dad really? does. Is it really? Oh, really? Probably, yeah. Yeah. It was a 2,500 BFG uh, Rectech. Yeah. I think it has like a 40-pound hopper on the back. Really? Oh, it's like, wow. It's crazy. Has it got a double uh, auger system or something? Or yes. a double fire pot, maybe? Yeah. Honestly, I think it's more of a pain in the butt because you got to like you have to pick up this big old bag of pellets, turn it up, and then pour it. Yeah, it up that's like the, the Memphis grill. You had to load it from the pellets yeah. on the back, which I always thought was weird. And it spills everywhere. It gets mm-hmm. kind of dusty back there. Yeah. It looks cool, though. Yeah. So as far as high-end grills go, it's about on par. For- I, yeah, I would say it's even a little low-end. <laughs> Pits and Spits <laughs> has some really expensive pellet yeah. grills. The Memphis has some really high-end pellet grills. FECs even had really high yeah, pellet yeah, grills. Yeah, they do. And I'm, when I'm saying high-end, I'm talking like, the price tag is twenty eight hundred above. Yeah, yeah. Um, Twin Eagles, they have one for nine thousand. I've never heard of a Twin Ooh. Eagle. Is it all stainless, yeah. like a Memphis grill? Yeah. See, Yoders, and what triggers do it? Yoders are expensive. Forty five hundred yeah, for yeah, the yeah. high end Yoder. Yeah, but what? And they also what they're really doing is competing with 
um, these built-in grills that people are putting in outdoor kitchens. So this grill is made to go right in. Yeah. It has the doors. They have a trim kit for it that trims it right in. So as long as you leave your space in your outdoor kitchen, you can put this grill right in place. You know, it's got the tops, everything on it, and it's ready to go. It's ready. It looks like it's built. It looks like it's built in ready. Have you ever heard of Kalamazoo? Is that Michigan somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of the grill. <laughs> I fell into that website, and they are the high, high end. And now, they're mostly gas grills. Yeah. And that's, they're the built-ins. You'll notice that's the look for a lot of these pellet grills are going for now. They're yeah, going for that, that slick, gas grill. Yeah, yeah sport, sporty grill, built-in look. So these Kalamazoo's, they're mostly gas, and they have some pellet capability. They talk, call them some kind of flex grill. Anyway, guess what the range is? Ten grand and up. Higher than ten grand for a grill? Wow! I'm talking they're starting. How, how did, how did, Fifteen I, to thirty grand. I might need to check out one of them or a grill. <laughs> thirty grand. Yeah, that's the Bentley of grills. Yes, there. that done went over sports car. That's, <laughs> they're up in the upper upper level. Can you imagine spending thirty grand on no, a grill? I ain't running with the right people. You know, I'll get those. <laughs> Kalamazoo ain't calling you. Kalamazoo ain't calling me, yeah. It probably got a yacht model, too. It goes on your, how long is your yacht? This is the grill we recommend. It goes on based on the size of your yacht. Yeah, that's what Jeff yeah. Bezos is. Traeger ain't there yet. That's a ba- it's, a, it's Jeff Bezos grill. That's the one he has. Him and Zuck. They got the, they got the Kalamazoo's, huh? I mean, no, Zuckerberg cooks on a big green egg. Does he? Yeah, he, okay. he does. A, Did like a live stream. Yeah, he does yeah. lives cooking, cooking on, on it. on big green eggs. Or he used to. I don't know. He's probably trying to keep <laughs> his profile low these days. But anyway, yeah, I was really, uh, I was sticker shocked. Yeah. When I, I was thinking that Traeger was going really high end with this, but until when I started looking at it. You realize it's not as high as it's you not thought. Not as high as I $4, thought. Four thousand dollars ain't as much money as you thought it was anymore. <laughs> that's it's not. True. It's really, that's the truth. That's it's the like truth. Four thousand dollars ain't four thousand dollars for what it is. They probably should have charged eight for it. Start looking at the. But I do like, like the cheap. marketing approach. Where yeah. this grill is not for everybody. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Trigger didn't do that. Just go ahead. And just make go ahead and go ahead and put that out there. Yeah. Because yeah. that's gonna, my let's, biggest let's push about you it. to these these other models. Maybe a different brand. <laughs> And all of a sudden, folks want it. Yeah, all of a sudden, people want it then. Don't tell me what I can afford. <laughs> I know what I'm about. Uh, yeah, that was my biggest problem with that. Maybe they're getting into the financing market, market, too. You can finance Probably. these grills. Easy pay them. But, uh, yeah. I love the grill. I thought it was super slick and, and really pretty. I would say, and here's another thing I would say, the people that are being negative or making bad comments on on these high-end grills, have never cooked on a high-end grill. So what do you think is the difference between a $800 to $1,000, under $1,000 yeah. pellet grill and a $4,000 pellet grill? What is the, the biggest difference? It? Yeah. Probably not much. <laughs> 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 when it all comes down to it, they cook. You know, you just need something to make heat and produce yeah. smoke. I mean, one is... I'd you can say, say I, paid, I paid four thousand. I paid eight thousand. I paid thirty thousand dollars. You got me wanting one of these thirty thousand. That way, I can say, but look what I got. That's just the mentality, you know. Yeah, that's a Kalamazoo. <laughs> got that? The flex. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I would say yeah. insulation would be a. Do you think that they're insulated? Uh, no, no, I don't know. I mean, materials. Yes, they're definitely. They're probably made they're out a of higher end metal. Style. 
Yeah, usually, usually it's durability. You know, you're getting if you're paying less money for something, it's not going to be as durable as or you know or yeah. function as long as spending some money on something. That's usually the case. But there comes a you know with the price tag, usually just some of it's just not true either. Some I mean, it's just they just put a price tag on certain stuff, and that's what they want for it. So yeah, and that demand makes it. Nobody buys these grills. They'll probably have to lower the price. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's the way companies do. But evidently there's a market out there for it or there wouldn't be other grills in that price range. A lot of other grills yeah. in that price range. And that's what shocked me is how many there were. Um, Average person's not, I mean, I said that first. Average person is not going to get one of these grills because people ain't spending that much. I want to know. If you got a $100,000 car, why not have a $10,000 grill? Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember when Big Green Egg was getting knocked off really bad, um, yeah. and everybody was asking us questions about the acorn and the. I think Gorilla had one. Yeah, you know there yeah, was several yeah. knockoffs Knock of off. that Big Green Egg style. Vision. All yeah, that. and people would ask you like, "What's the difference?" And your thing was, "Well, they cook the same. You just have different finishes. Yeah, you have stronger hinges and better handles. That's and right. Little things like that that you pay the extra money. Same for. thing for that. Trigger got the popping lock." <laughs> We didn't even talk about that. I know. I like the pop and lock, too. (laughs) Isn't that a dance? That pop and lock dance? I think it is. You did one. You pop it and lock it. Do you have that footage? (laughs) (laughs) I Um, saw Matt Pittman, like, on his pop and lock. I guess his came with, like, a seasoning little cabinet. Oh, yeah. They have all kinds of accessories for it. It's got, like, a a spice rail. It's got a pepper teller butcher paper holder. has a, a table that folds up or whatever so what what is the pop and lock because we didn't talk about it's like that. that little rail that goes around it looks like a handicap rail or something on the outside and of they it. just have like yeah they got this thing design in. accessories where it goes in and pops and you turn it twist it and it locks in and you don't have to do anything else that was pretty cool yeah all in all I like the grill what was your thoughts yeah. all in all I, I mean it's a step up it's a step up for traeger for sure you know step towards that higher end I need to. I, what I realize now is I need to try some more of these high end grills. <laughs> I'm gonna need to add a few more to my collection so I can give it a fair shake. It wouldn't be fair for me to say that one's really good when I haven't tried these other ones. The Memphis Grill, uh, I love it. It's a great grill. I mean, it's all stainless. Does it cook about the same as that Traeger? Yeah. It, I mean, I would say they cooked about the same. It's double the price almost. I would think. Yeah. I don't know what that new the new Memphis grill is. I probably have it pulled up because I pulled up a lot of these. Um, now I've got the Kalamazoo on my right. Now. I've got to, you know, <laughs> before I can speak to these others, I've got to try one of those. I have to take out another mortgage, but um, maybe I can start my only pitmasters and give me a Kalamazoo grill with it. I don't have the. Uh, I don't have that pulled up. Anyway, I'll have to go. Yeah. I'll do some research on that. Leave that up to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm great at that. I, I know that's what works. Right? You know how to spend money on guns and grills. Guns and grills and yeah. ATVs. I mean, and you know that's the way I look at these grills too. I could shoot an old Sears and Roebuck shotgun. <laughs> do I want to shoot that good? No, I want the high end, you know, Benelli or whatever. That's that's how I roll. I think you, you don't want your... the Walmart purse. You want the you want well, the nice that's coach. True. That's true. Just how I mean. So Sunday, you grilled me a steak. Your birthday, you got a steak. Yep. That's what you wanted. Yep. We woke up. How was it? It was really good. It was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a good steak. You know where I got that steak? (laughs) 
Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did. It was a last minute decision. Yeah. She woke up and said, I'd really like a steak dinner for my birthday. So I hooked you up. Baked potato, asparagus. I told you Walmart would have a couple the, bottles of wine. <laughs> I told you Walmart would have the. They did. The that good was steak. a. It was just a. What is, it, was, it was labeled as Angus. Um, I don't remember if it said choice, but I'm sure it was. But I picked out some marbled up spinalis steaks. You took you took some pictures of them. Yeah. Put it on a story that day, and they were man. I'm telling you what, they were excellent, excellent. I would I would cook that steak any day. I've thought that about the tender, last few juicy. Walmart steaks. I got texture yeah. on it was awesome. I didn't do anything special to it. You like yours? Worcestershire a little bit. Let it sit. AP, let it sit. Then we put um, prime beef, some of some of Swan Life's prime beef, and a little tea, a little uh, steak seasoning right before they went on, just for some texture. Heated up the old trusty Weber kettle with some grill gate grates, and I did the. You you're more on the rare side, like not not super rare, but you call it rare plus when you order a steak. That's why you like it. It's in between rare and it's in between medium rare. I like my medium rare, but when I cook them for you, I know that your steak's probably not going to be on the grill longer than. Six and a half, seven minutes, yeah. and it's got to be coming off. So that's the time and I ran on. These were kind of thick. Yeah, they were. They were over. In, they were probably inch and a half, inch and three quarter thick. Yeah. They. Um. I mean, I, I want to say if I had to guess on the ounces, they were at least eighteen ounce steaks. I didn't look, but just being that thickness and that size, I didn't trim them. I didn't tie them. Didn't do none of that to them. I don't like them trimmed and tied. You like all natural. Yes, I want them crunchy little uh, fat pieces yeah. on the edges. But they were good, weren't they? I went, you know, They're very good. about a minute 45 every turn. So a minute 45, turned them, minute 45, flipped them, did the same thing, tempted them, saw that I was getting like 122. I said, oh, that's done for shell. So we got them off. They raised up. I, te- I I was just curious. I sat there at the counter with them. I didn't cover them. I just kept my thermopin and kept watching them, and they finished at about 127. Okay, So that's I got perfect. five degrees on them internal, yeah. and then, man, but what I did do is I took – a stick of butter and I had it sitting out and got it soft. And then I, I mixed it up with some, uh, put a little prime beef in it, put some TX in it, put a little parsley in it, and just let it like whipped it up and just let it sit there. And before I took those steaks up, I put a big dollop of that butter down and laid that steak on it. And it kind of, as some of the juice comes out of the steak and it mixed with that melted butter, when I took the steaks up and plated them for, for us to eat, I took that sauce that it made and just put it up in a little, you know, glass cup, and that was kind of our steak sauce. And you drizzle that really over the good. steak, oh, man. <laughs> steak butter at its finest, right there. You know, when I can put my fork on a steak and kind of do this, and the steak just wiggles. Yeah, you know, you got to get. The I, steak. I let you pick too. I let you come. I says, "All right, Shell. Before we sit down, before we have dinner." Feel these steaks and, you know, check them, see which one you think you want. And you picked out one, and it was perfect. Yeah, it was, it was very wiggly. Uh, Michael loved his. I mean, he, 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 we've got him eating medium rare, too. So uh, He's he's kind of the other end of the, the spectrum. You're more, I'm rare plus, you're medium rare. He's more. Medium? medium he's not, yeah. he doesn't want any more medium. Yeah, he better be any. red for him. Yeah. He don't, if he doesn't see it like that, and he's not going to eat any fat. So he only likes the eye of a ribeye. We don't, I don't, yeah. I don't like do nothing special and get him only a strip or only a fillet. No, if we're eating ribeye, you're getting a ribeye. You can eat the non-fatty parts if you want. So he eats the eye of it, and it leaves the spinalis. And usually, that's my <laughs> that's snack the next day. <laughs> but it was great. Did the did the baked potato with so loaded baked potato? You got to have what the loaded baked potato. Plenty of butter, 
sour cream, bacon, green onions. That's all you need. Cheese. And cheese. And cheese. Yeah. Five things. That makes five So things. I set those out, but I cooked some bacon in the oven. I kept that bacon grease. And I cooked my bacon early, and I cooked that bacon grease and let it kind of cool off on the counter. I take just baking potatoes, wash them, let them dry, and brush them with that bacon grease all on the outside, and then season them with some TX and some uh, chimichurri, uh, chimichurri stuff, seasoning, yeah. the Alfragoni stuff. It makes this awesome crust on the outside of a baked potato. So you eat the skin. That's where all your vitamins and nutrients are, they say. <laughs> and then the inside soft and pillow. With takes that a, bacon and salt. It takes about an hour, hour 15 on 400 degrees in the oven. Yeah. That's, that's the way I do those. And don't wrap them in full or anything. You want them. You can. You, you like them turned halfway. And then well, I think they get too brown on the bottom if you don't turn them halfway. Yeah, yeah. Using that um, method. And then a little asparagus drizzled in some more bacon fat. <laughs> Did you season with a little AP? <laughs> Normally it's just uh, olive, oil. olive oil. But on yeah. birthday, you got to go all out. Bacon fat makes everything better. <laughs> I would have thought about it. I'd have put a spoon in I didn't think about that, but a spoon of that bacon fat in that butter. In that butter. <laughs> that would have been good too. <laughs> that would have been really good. No wonder I was hurting the next day. <laughs> No, that was the wine. <laughs> um, I sent you a TikTok. Did you watch it? It was, was it the crescent rolls. Yeah, it was pastrami. It was thin sliced pastrami, and they cut. Uh, it had crescent roll and they triangle cut it. It was like they didn't. It's like they made their own crescent roll. Yeah, it was like a dough sheet. So it was a huge crescent roll. And they took a pizza roller and cut a big triangle, and then they put Dijon or. They look like stone ground or spicy mustard mm-hmm. something. And they put strips of that pastrami down and then put cheese on top of it. I bet it was provolone. Probably so. Yeah. And then rolled it up like a crescent roll and baked it. But they hit it with egg wash. I didn't pay attention I to that. I didn't see them hit it with egg wash. They probably bet they did. And then baked it and they cut it. And it looked like a pastrami pinwheel inside a crescent roll. I said, ooh, I got to try that. <laughs> That's what I want you to try. Why couldn't you do it with uh, regular crescent rolls? Like pop, It would just be min- mini pop, ones. Yeah. These were like the size of a croissant, you yeah, know, like a regular big, croissant. like a big croissant. Yeah, but I'm talking about like Pillsbury's Wop crescent rolls, where you you know bang the can, get them to pop open. I don't see why you couldn't. They would just be smaller versions. Yeah, that'd be great for an appetizer. I'm gonna try them. That's that a might good be TikTok. A TikTok. Yeah. yeah, my version. What would you put? What meat Let's would do. you put in it? You could. I just, just get some deli meat. That's what I was gonna say. You yeah. could get roast beef from the deli. Yeah, or pastrami from the deli, and try it. See if it worked. That's a. That's a. That's something to try. It looked delicious. Cook them on a little butcher paper on a sheet pan. Mm-hmm. That might be a TikTok, Tyler. <laughs> Jot it down. Jot it down. <laughs> Mini crescent. I got eggs. it on my list. Mini crescents. Going back to the potato just for a second. Have y'all ever air fried a baked potato before? Uh-uh, no. No. Work? I've air fried plenty of French fries. It goes really, really fast. It's only like thirty-eight minutes. But like you were talking about, how it gets brown at the bottom. Like it evenly cooks it so well. Like it's it's really really good. It crispies. It like the the skin gets crispy. So good. I'm I gotta to try that. that. Yeah. I bet it would be good with the little. You know how we do the little roasted Yukon uh, Go babies. Yeah. Do those in the air fryer like that? It'd be like mini baked potatoes. Yep. Also really good. Tried that too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like anything. Hey, I'm a fan of the air fryer. It's like, I would have been cool if you put that accessory on my grill some kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I would ever use an air fryer so much, but man, it's... I mean, well, everybody was getting them and trying them and using them, and we were kind of late to the party on that one. I think it's really just an appetizer maker for us. We don't use it for like meals, <laughs> but it's like, we'll get Shella by, Michael loves to cook, 
He's like any kid. He loves anything chicken. So wings, chicken tenders, chicken nuggets, French fries. Um, we've done all kinds of appetite, like frozen type Sam's Club appetizers. I think you went and bought all of them one time. Well, at Christmas when <laughs> yeah. we were doing it, the only downside to it is your basket's only so big, so you can you know most things you can only cook a few servings, like two servings at a time or something. But you keep that thing rolling. I've seen it cooks the fat. The longer you cook on it, the faster it goes at a time. Yeah. So you got to throw the time. A lot of times you got to throw the time, whatever the box says, out the window. But yeah, Michael does much. it all the time. He'll open his basket and it's just brown. Yeah. <laughs> but Black, I'm pretty really. impressed with the air fryer, man. There, that was a you know. I wish I'd had one of those when I was a kid. Heck yeah. The best frozen thing to cook in there is like those little like chicken and cheese taquitos. Oh really? Uh, we had no, tried no. those. Oh my god. No. <laughs> we tried some. Um, was it wontons or is it kind of like a wonton empanada or something like that? They were really good in there. Mm-hmm. They were, you know. It was a wonton. It was a wonton. Yeah. yeah, I think it was. Like in the frozen section. Yeah. And it comes with a little dipping sauce or we made a little dipping we sauce. We made a dipping sauce. Yeah. Um, Those were really good. It was like the little gyoza, but air fried, crispy. Yeah. I'll tell you something that's really good is the pre cooked wings, pre cooked, pre breaded frozen wings from Walmart, Kroger, wherever. Throw them in there. They're it's the Tyson Anytizers. That's it's what they're called. Like, yeah, but they, they have, have buffalo. A- they have some kind of hot ghost pepper chili. We've tried all different kinds. The rotisserie flavored. Walmart has some brands that are really good. One of the best things we've had is those knockoff Chick-fil-A nuggets or bites. <laughs> have you ever had those? No. They come in a red and white package. It looks like Chick-fil-A would have them, but they sell them at Sam's, and it's like Members Mart brand. And they taste just like, have you ever had the little chicken bites from mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A? They do, if, you could, if they could sell the little biscuits to go with them. He'll be onto something, but those things are those things are really good. There's a TikTok. How do we get on air fried stuff? <laughs> <laughs> when, air fryer's good. When you don't have time to grill or smoke. Yeah. <laughs> there is other it's, things to cook on. It's been cold. Yeah. I don't know if I'll use it as much in the summer, but Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's easy for um sausage balls. We were doing sausage yeah, balls. Yeah, they're really good. Isn't it? When you have a lot of people at your house, <laughs> they're good. Quick. Yeah. yeah, it's a good size machine. That's the way yeah. I look at it. Yeah. So, what do you have coming up, Mount? Easter. So we're doing. Um, I'm doing an Easter brisket. I've been working on the recipe on it. I'm probably going to pair it with some, you know, some kind of root vegetable, some carrots, some glazed carrots, or something. Maybe some potatoes on the smoker. But I'm doing just a. I guess you call it. We never had Easter for our brisket for Easter, but a lot of people do, and so I'm, I'm doing my take on it. It's going to be like a braised. Most people do it in the oven. It's got almost like a gravy or a sauce with it. Cook down onions and garlic, and probably put some wine and some tomatoes. So if you think of like oxtail brisket style, is what I'm going for with that. And I think it's going to be really rich, really indulgent, and really good. So. You're gonna smoke it and then braise it, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna smoke it to get color because most of the ones I've been looking at, um, people sear them some kind of way, like you know, you like brown you a roast. roast. Yeah, yeah, you do that, and they they keep it going in the big roaster. But my that's gonna be my take on that. So I'm gonna do it on the smoker, get some color on it. As soon as I get it browned on the outside, it's going in there and braising down. I'm gonna make this awesome sauce in there with it and reduce that sauce a little bit when I take the brisket out to rest it. And then slice it up and serve it with that sauce over the top. That sounds and really good. Along with some vegetables. That sounds really good. That's that's so that's what we're that's coming up. Um, 
don't know if it'll be, will it be the next YouTube? Probably so. Probably so. Yeah. And we've got some TikToks we're doing this week. We've got some ideas. Doing a a pickle top. I thought you were doing a brisket croissant. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a croissant down here we can do. I want to do my take on a a white cheese dip. Um, See how that turns out. And then I've got, um, I think I'm going to do a fish burger. You ever heard of, I know you like fish sandwiches. <laughs> it's kind of the month of shells, so good old fish sandwich, fish burger style. That sounds. That just be just going to be on a round bun instead of a long bun. <laughs> yeah, I like the long bun. Do you? Yeah, well, I could do, change it to fish sandwich instead of no, fish burger. No, no. But well, so that's 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 what I got coming up. I'm looking forward to uh, going down to New Orleans. New Orleans next week. Can I tell people that? Am I not supposed to? No, let's not tell folks. Yeah. That. All right. <laughs> Look for me in New Orleans. I'll be down there. I'll say where? <laughs> We're going to a concert. Yeah. With some friends. That's right. But anyway, that's all I have today. All right. Well, hey, that's all I got. Tyler, you going to tell everybody where they can find us they want to hang out hey guys if you're looking for an awesome community make sure you guys head on over to the facebook let's get to cooking community it's a growing place where we have tons of like awesome pit masters and like-minded people that can answer your questions and just comment on your cooks and stuff man it's a really great place to hang out if you'd like to connect with malcolm it's how to bbq right on facebook instagram twitter tiktok and of course youtube if you'd like to connect with me it's miss southern shell on instagram and tiktok you sure? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we appreciate everybody listening this week, and we'll be back next week. Do it all again for that. We gone.